You're listening to the Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Today I'm talking with Carrie, the founder of William Grace, a lifestyle brand based out of Atlanta with some classic equine inspiration and they make one of my favorite clutches. But this isn't Carrie's first brand. She was one of the original founders of Casemate. So in this interview, you're going to learn all about making, growing, and then selling off a brand, starting a new one, and even how to pivot. I hope you enjoy. All right. So why don't you tell everyone who you are, where you live, and a little description about what you do. Sure. My name is Carrie Sharbo, and I live in Atlanta, Georgia, after literally moving to almost every city fabulous, <laughs> um, across the country. And I'm an entrepreneur. So I just recently um, started William Grace, which is an American lifestyle brand. I love that. And I actually found you um, through Instagram, and I've just been following along, and I just love your products. Um, so I'm so happy to have you on here. Well, thank you for um, having me on, and I love your Instagram as well. So I'm really <laughs> glad we connected. Thank you so much. So I read a little bit about you um, on your About page. And so originally, your first career was in journalism, correct? Yes, it was, which was completely by happenstance. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that, like how you got into that um, and what, what journalism was like for you when you started your career? So I studied psychology in college and um, my minors were business law and um, women and gender studies. And I really always wanted to go to law school. I wanted to be a lawyer. I loved writing that much. Um, But I put myself through college and, you know, student loans kind of up to my ears and eyeballs Mm -hmm. just didn't have um, kind of the the financial means to to go to law school. So um, I kind of got the news bug from the minute I walked into my first newsroom, which was WSBN in Miami. Um, they're a very like in your face, um, entertainment news program. Um, and I just fell in love with it. And television news writing is very different from any other kind of writing. Um, and I had applied to very, um, reputable newspapers, the Miami Herald and, um, Palm Beach Post and some other, Uh, newspapers for um, writing, but because I didn't have a journalism background, um, Mm. the door was kindly shut. Um, So I thought, let me try my hand at TV news. And so um, they let me in the door that way. But um, on air is a completely different animal. So that took some time. Definitely. So did you go to school then in Florida? Is that why you initially were looking around Florida area then? Yes, I grew up in South Florida in okay. a town outside of Fort Lauderdale called Coral Springs, although I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, where most of my family remains. Okay. And um, I went to Stetson University. I was a tri-delt there. Um, I mentioned that because I'm writing letters for uh, Fresh <laughs> Now. Um, and so I went the sorority route and, um, and I studied um, psychology, as I mentioned, and yeah. um, went into... Um, you know, becoming a, 
a journalist and um, reporter and on air, but it, it, it did take some, it did take, take some time. Um, yeah. So did you have to intern or was it just a lot of applying? Because, you know, like you said, your background, you didn't study journalism per se. Um, so kind of what was the process like with that? I'm sure it was knocking on a lot of doors. It was. And, you know, the economy, much like today, you know, it's, it's a tough economy today. So to draw some parallels for, for your listeners, mm-hmm. um, I think that I had a really tough time kind of getting in the door because um, the economy was suffering. So I was working in healthcare, and I just decided that really wasn't the route for me. Okay. And so I was making a really decent living. I was in sales um, for a time and, and, you know, that was working out, but I just wasn't truly happy. Mm-hmm. So when I went over to um, WSBN and became a news writer, I was, I took a job writing from midnight until 8am making dollars and 36 cents an hour. Wow. No, I must really have wanted to get my <laughs> hair. Um, that was not enough to like buy hot chocolate because I wasn't even drinking coffee back then. That's how young I was. But um, I also took a job as a makeup artist. Um, I knew I would need that skill. I took a job in retail. I had a couple of different things going at the time. Okay. And then um, there were people who were above me, who uh, reporters and anchors in the field. And I just said, hey, can I tag along with you on my days off or my off hours or after my shift? And they were kind enough to say yes. So while I was writing and kind of learning the trade and learning to speak and all that other kind of thing, Mm -hmm. uh, there were other folks who just kind of took me under their wing and spent time with me. And I so appreciated that. And um, later on, when I when I did um, get my first job, which was in Jackson, Mississippi, at the ABC station, wow. and later on um, at the Fox station in Phoenix, Arizona, and then um, right here in Atlanta, Georgia, at WSB, I never forgot that. So anytime yeah. an intern um, came along or somebody new, I always welcomed them with open arms, mm-hmm. and I always um, said yes to tagging along with stories or anytime anyone needed help putting anything together. Um, I always, always said yes. That's amazing. And I mean, I think that's so smart, no matter where you are in your journey, but especially starting out is finding someone to mentor you and kind of give you advice and even, um, you know, ask someone if they want to go out for coffee. That way you can just pick their brain and ask them some questions and get some advice. I think that's smart that you did that at such a young age. And, you know, I know that the news business is so hard to get into, especially here and we're outside of Philadelphia and the Philly market I know is one of the top markets. And I have a lot of friends that are, um, you know, on air host. And luckily we have QVC as well here, but um, it's really hard to get into. And it takes a lot of travel too from different stations to find the right place. So it sounds like you did that a little bit, travel from different cities and um, worked for different stations at different times. I did. I think any business is hard to get into, you know, even though, um, like even starting William Grace, it can, it can be challenging, you know, Mm -hmm. not everyone is willing to help or has the time to help. And because people say no, sometimes it doesn't mean it's because of you. And I want your viewers to know that your listeners to know that. Um, it just may be because of them. And so to not take it personally, but just to keep asking because yep. there are people out there who are willing and able or who have the time to help. Exactly. So. That's really good advice. Mm-hmm. So how long were did you work in journalism then? Um, it was 10 plus years. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Okay. So then after that, I read that um, you were inspired by all these entrepreneurs that you met and interviewed during your time um, in the journalism field. And that intrigued you to be an entrepreneur yourself. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like what made you decide to take the take the leap, especially, I mean, entrepreneurship is so hard. There's so much unknown. So talk a little bit about that. Well, I had a really good um, mentor. Um, I met my husband and um, I knew that the life of a reporter and an anchor with my crazy schedule and some of the stories I was covering um, and kind of where I wanted to go, I really wanted to head to the network was not something that I really wanted to do anymore after I met him and knowing that we wanted to start a family. And so my husband um, was an entrepreneur and he um, encouraged me to just kind of think about what I wanted and to take a break. And three weeks later, (laughs) after I had truly reflected, um, we ended up connecting with another business partner of his um, who he had hired um, out of Accenture and who was also an entrepreneur. So my husband and I and another couple started a company by the name of Casemate. And um, we were designing and manufacturing items for iPod and Nano. Um, and we were, you know, basically our business partner was looking at cases for, um, devices that he used and loved, but couldn't find the exact thing that he wanted. So, um, I was in charge of like communications and PR and I took a hand at designing. I knew nothing about really being an entrepreneur. I knew what my husband had kind of been doing. He, had his hand in a lot of different cookie jars. His dad um, was in marketing and advertising. His brother was also very creative. And it was intriguing to me to be able to work for yourself, create your own schedule, Mm -hmm. design your own items, um, and kind of take everything that I could could use from different parts of my life. Mm -hmm. Pardon me. The the pollen here in Atlanta, Georgia, (laughs) stifling. So... Um, moment. Um, and so it's, it's interesting to take all of those kind of, um, attributes, characteristics, the knowledge that you've accumulated over your career and put them to work. And you really never know how they're going to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that intrigued me. And I thought, let me, let me take a stab at this. I, I don't really know much about technology. Um, I didn't know anything about the consumer electronics show out in Vegas or Mac world. Um, but you know what? I jumped in with enthusiasm and kind of both feet, um, on the ground and I gave it a shot and all four of us really did. And, um, what happened over the course of about a year and a half is the company went from being local to being global. Wow. Um, we ended up getting the plans for the iPhone before the iPhone was launched. We ended up getting a connection with AT&T. And so we put a plan together to launch the case for the iPhone on the day the iPhone was launched, which was great. And yeah. Exciting. Um, I ended up being able to design leather cases for MacBook, MacBook Pros. Um, I learned all about pitching to stores like Target and Walmart. I learned about package design, um, you know, and you, you have highs and lows and, and a learning curve. So it's not um, success and failure. I think it's just all 
um, knowledge and then knowledge for the next thing that may come along or knowledge, you know, if, if we had stayed at ca Casemate. We ended up taking advantage of some other opportunities. And as our family grew and those opportunities came up, we ended up, um, you know, selling our portion of the company back to our partner. Okay. Casemate's still in existence. It's still doing really well. Yeah. Super proud of the hand that we had in it. Um, it was just time to move on and do something different. Got it. So how long then were you with Casemate? Until 2011. So from 2005 to 2011. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's, that's a lot of time to, to learn and be part of that journey. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I mean, I, um, I quickly, I think my, my time at Casemate was maybe a little shorter than my husband's. It was a lot shorter because I became a mom and yeah. it was really important to me. And I didn't realize how important it was going to be to me. I, you know, as I look back, part of me wishes that I would have, um, pushed forward a little more in the work world. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no regrets. You know, I, I'm really proud of the time that I spent with my children and I'm really proud that they get to see me working now. Exactly. No, I think that's, that's amazing that you're able to do that. And you know, you have no regrets and you can look back and be proud of what you did. So now let's talk a little bit about William Grace. So how, what was the process like? What was the idea behind the brand? Like what sparked, hey, I think that, you know, this is going to be my next venture. So both of my children at the time were uh, on the national scene of horse showing and we were in okay. Florida and um, finding show clothing for young children was, I mean, not for the faint of heart. It was... <laughs> It is still kind of maddening. Um, but when they're really little, it just, it's mind numbing trying to get them outfitted for a show. Mm -hmm. uh, clothing's really expensive. And um, I wasn't part of this world. I wasn't part of a sport like this when I was growing up. We rode Western. So it was like blue jeans and no helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I'm still alive. But um, so I, I really was thinking I would love as a mother to make it easier for women um, other women in this sport. And, um, it's also when you're riding outside, it's really hot. So to maybe bring some of the new technology for clothing and, you know, my mind just kind of started spinning. Um, also you have, um, people coming from all over the world to compete in Wellington, Florida, between the months of January and say April, mm -hmm. the largest, um, global event for equestrians, uh, well in the world. Right. So yep. Um, you have people like Hermes, you have um, all these other vendors that are known worldwide, but then you also have smaller companies as well. And I just wanted to bring something kind of different to Wellington. So um, I don't know, I, I thought, let me let me start this new venture. And I named it the company William Grace, and the company is named after the middle names of my children. Okay, I was wondering that. <laughs> And the logo is actually my daughter on one of her ponies. Oh. Um, I was having trouble coming up with a logo and I kind of knew what I wanted. I'd never seen a logo of a horse actually coming at you. I've always mm -hmm. seen it on the side or in different forms or just a horse head. And so I had a picture of her and I had traced it with a Sharpie and uh, I just flipped it over one night on the counter and went to bed. And when I came down in the morning, that Sharpie image was... Um, popping out from the other side of the, of the photograph. And I thought that's my, that's my logo. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. So that just kind of came out naturally. And, um, you know, the more I thought about this, I thought this is something that our whole family can be a part of. We all really enjoy this sport. 
Um, I wanted kind of a new spin on preppy. Mm -hmm. I felt like the word preppy, which I'm, that's why I was so glad to see you. Like I wasn't seeing that word anymore. Mm -hmm. I wasn't um, hearing it. Um, I didn't know if people thought it was something from the past that wasn't cool anymore, or I, I don't know. Um, so I, I'm, I've always been preppy. I've, I've loved that. I'm a child of the eighties and nineties and I had my penny loafers and (laughs) polo and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I wanted a very classic traditional, uh, line of things, but with a twist to bring it into modern day and something that people would notice and love and say, I love this. It's familiar, but it's different. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm trying to achieve with William Grace. I love that, the equine inspiration there. I actually grew up riding horses as well. Um, I did dressage growing up. So I love that, you know, classic equine style. And um, I think that's so great. And I could see a lot of that inspiration then in your designs. Mm -hmm. So for those people listening that haven't heard of your brand, can you like describe it in a sentence and then let people know sort of some of the products and offerings that you have? Sure. I would say, you know, we are an American lifestyle brand that definitely has a nod to equestrian, but I wouldn't say that we're quote unquote horsey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're not making, you know, riding products necessarily. Right. I would say that we're just kind of like more traditional classic uh, preppy with a twist. That's what, that's how I would describe us. And our first offering, our first product came kind of out of the nature of the casemate experience, which was, which is our essential clutch. Mm-hmm. It is a leather carry-all, a sizable leather carry-all. It's like an oversized wallet. If I'm, you know, just going to be, you know, plain spoken here. Yeah. It carries everything you need, all of your essentials. So it holds your cell phone. It holds your business cards. It holds your lipstick, which was really important to me because all of us, ladies carry that. And this much that's unisex. So men can carry this product too and put their lip balm there, um, or hand lotion. Um, it carries your AirPods. It carries your credit cards. It will hold a passport eight and a half by 11 inch documents, tri-folded your cash. Um, if you really want to jam pack it filled with stuff, you can do that. But otherwise it, it really is an organizational tool. It's a great mm-hmm. travel tool. Um, it's meant to be carried alone, or you can throw it in your backpack or your oversized tote. So there's a lot of different ways that you can use this product. Um, we had other leather goods that we were planning on rolling out as well. Um, COVID had hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed to be relevant and pivot the brand. So I was visiting my father in Cleveland, Ohio on his 70th birthday um, I was breaking all the rules. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Your secret's safe with us. <laughs> um, and so I got in my car and I, you know, drove from Atlanta, Georgia to Cleveland, Ohio. I didn't have a mask at the time. This wasn't even talked about. It was like being talked about. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I drove 760 miles to sit six feet away from him because he has, has cancer. Okay. Um, and he has a lot of other underlying health issues. And um, my my cousin, who is a news anchor on Channel 19 up there, was uh, on the news at noon. And she said the CDC is going to recommend that all Americans start wearing masks. And, um, you know, I had anxiety just on the drive up there, stopping to get gas, 
um, stopping to get him a little birthday gift, mm-hmm. being next to him, um, even though we had been quarantining. And I thought, how are people going to do this? I was watching what was happening in New York City at the time. Having lived there, I could completely understand why um, that city was in the state that it was in. And, um, you know, I started to panic. Like, I think everything about me as a mother and as a daughter kicked in, not as a business person. Yeah. Um, and I knew that I had access to factories who could scale something like this up very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I did. Um, and we rolled out our another product called the Essential Mask. And our Essential Mask is um, made from exercise material in, in, in exercise clothing. Mm. So it's um, moisture wicking, it's antibacterial, it's antimicrobial, it's antiviral. Um, it is so comfortable. I want to make pajamas out of this. <laughs> um, but the ear loops are adjustable, so it fits many different faces. Um, we are number eight on Women's Health Magazine's list of masks to buy now. supplied CNN globally with um, masks for all of their employees um, and a lot of other businesses as well. And for every mask that people buy, we give to um, someone in need. So I'm really proud of that. Yeah. Um, But most importantly, we need to slow the spread of this virus Mm -hmm. um, because it's taking over people's lives and livelihood. And again, I go back to as a mother, um, I know that my my life is being stolen. <laughs> my children's summer has been stolen. Um, and I just see other cases of people suffering from depression and suicidal ideation. And um, what's happening to the world as we know it is scary and sad and it can't go on. So, you know, I obviously we sell masks and I'm encouraging everyone to wear one and um, to keep doing so so that we can beat this thing and get back to living you know, a new normal. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, I think it was so smart that you were able to pivot then and, um, you know, not only business wise, but also just helping and doing something proactive, I think was so smart. Um, But so in normal times, I guess, where do you find inspiration for new designs? Like, what you talked about, you were going to have some new leather goods coming out. Um, so where do you get inspiration for those? Obviously, the masks are a little different, but... I know, the masks are a little different. You know, I just really, I kind of go back to... Um, well, I have friends who I'm so inspired by. So I went out to dinner the other night. And I have this fabulous friend and she shows up and she's head to toe and everything designer. She used to be a buyer for St. John. And, you know, realistically, we, I can't even dress like she does, right? I can't afford to dress like she does. <laughs> so, but I think what makes her so fabulous and what, you know, it's, it's some tailoring here. It's this, it's all the kind of classic pieces. So she had a beautiful blazer on. She had a wonderful button down shirt. Um, and I go back to, these are the classic pieces that never go out of style. Mm-hmm. But what makes it a little different? Is it a higher collar on the shirt? Is it the, is it, you know, the, 
spark placement of the button. Um, and I go back to that with jewelry and I go back to that with, um, we're going to be rolling out some cashmere here pretty soon. So we have a beautiful new sweater coming out and it's so lovely. Um, I'm working on some jewelry and some jewelry design. Um, and I go back to that with the, with the handbags too. So I, I think what's interesting is that you, you have to, I think everybody should look back at um, what served us well in the past, but then the the trick is to see, well, what's working well now? Mm-hmm. And so um, like we want to be hands-free now <laughs> and people really aren't going, going places. So, you know, they're not going to be spending tons of money, I think, on handbags. And, and I think we're just in a more conscious society right now, uh, spend spend conscious society. You know, there are a lot of people who are out of work. So things that we're rolling out, I want to be pocketbook friendly. I, I don't want people to feel like they can't have something from William Grace. And I, I've always wanted that, you know, the mm-hmm. world, as you know, is a very wealthy um, place to be, but it's also made up of everyone. It's made up of grooms. It's made up of people who work um, the food stands. It's made up of Olympian riders. It's made up of, um, you know, people with means. But um, I think that there should be something for everybody when they walk into um, a William Grace booth or when they visit our website. You know, um, I want people to feel like the items that we have have value. They're inspired by them. They want to wear them. But I don't want people to feel like, oh, I, I, I can't reach that or I can't attain that. So, um you know, we're, we're always trying to also offer coupons and discounts and buy one, get one, and, you know, just something special to show our customers how much we appreciate them. I love that. Um, I think that's so great, you know, that you're offering this so that everyone can afford a little bit of luxury, I feel like. Yes. You know, and achieve that sort of style at least. Um, so what's something besides that and the mask, what's something you're really proud of with your business or, you know, just in life in general with you, maybe? Um, with the business, I am proud of the clutch, um, because that was, it was like giving birth, (laughs) (laughs) a truly organic process. And, um, and that was really neat, uh, to see to come to fruition. I think in life, I, I always look back at my family and my children and I'm, I'm so proud of um, the little people um, that I've created and watching them grow. Um, as a mother, I thought um, that this whole process would be a little different. And I think what I've learned is through motherhood, um, it's been truly amazing to just sit back and let them be the people who they want to be and allow them to grow into who they are meant to grow into and to um, nourish that, you know, they're not little versions of me or my husband. They are their own people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's really fun as parents. If you can embrace that and um, enjoy that process, that's what's really rewarding um, and guiding them towards, you know, who, um, who they're meant to be. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you have two sets of different, different babies, your, your business baby, and then your real ones. Yes. I'm watching them both grow side by side in different ways. Yes. And and I love that the kids help with William Grace too. Oh, are they involved a lot with it? Oh yes. They um they pack masks and they pack orders and my son um he he has given up horseback riding for football, boxing, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh my gosh, that's a lot. <laughs> um 
but he um, he definitely helps. In fact, um, we had some interns start this week, and um, he was helping with the welcome signs, and um, they pack masks, and they help move items around, and he came up with an inspiration board of products that I have on my desk. So um, yeah, they're definitely- I love that. I'm sure that's those are great lessons for them, like seeing the hard work behind it, seeing the behind the scenes, all of that. Yes, it's fun. And I think it's necessary too. Mm-hmm. So what, besides, you know, COVID obviously throws a wrench into everything, but besides that, what are some um, challenges you face as an entrepreneur? Um, I think it's, it's really interesting. I think that even though I have a background as a journalist um, and a, a t- you know, a tenured career in mm-hmm. television or did, um, and even though I had started um, or helped to start a major um, multi-million dollar global company, um, it was very interesting when I went to start William Grace. It was almost as if I had not had a resume. <laughs> So um, I will say that, and I'm proud to say this, that women were more helpful than men, um, but I still felt as though I had to really prove myself to males who I reached out for um, or reached out to for help. And companies, these are companies who I was willing to pay for services. So this may not be a popular answer, but it's an honest answer. Um, I reached out to companies for web development and um, I was told, oh, just go do Shopify. Um, It's so much less. It's, you know, and I said, you don't understand. That's not my wheelhouse. I don't have time. Oh, Mm -hmm. you know, you could do this. And I thought, why are you not even taking my money? Like, are are you taking me seriously? Um, and I actually had a female web developer, uh, who did our website and I'm proud to do that, uh, to say that. Um, and so it's just was really, really interesting. It was actually quite sad to me that that glass ceiling, um, still kind of exists and that, um, kind of chauvinistic, misogynistic attitude still exists. So what I was really thrilled to see is that there are a lot of women out there who are your biggest fans and they are your biggest supporters and they are your cheerleaders. And I feel like I've fallen into um, some groups and some relationships that really help promote. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, truth be told, that was the um, kind of, uh, those were the relationships that I had in television. People may find that hard to believe, but all of the television stations where I worked, I had really great relationships with the females there. And we were all very close and we were, and I, and I still know a lot of these women today and still keep in touch with a lot of them today. And some of those women are still my biggest fans and cheerleaders. And and I am for them as well. Like if they they need something, I'm there. So, um, I just, I'm, I'm proud of, of where we are, um, you know, as, as a gender and, and I'm proud of the movement that we're, um, we're pushing and the agenda that we're pushing. And, um, I think it's really essential for women in business to know that and to be a part of that. And, um, and we, we are stronger together and we should join forces and, and keep us all on that same path. Cause we, we need one another. Mm-hmm. So what's been your biggest marketing tool or, you know, source to promote your business? I know it probably helped having your background um, in journalism, but any, you know, for people listening to this, are there any, um, you know, advice or sources that you use that worked really well for you? You know, I would say that I've kind of gone back to lack of a better 
uh, phrase, guerrilla marketing. Okay. Um, you know, Facebook and Instagram are great, but I don't think that they can be the only tool in your toolbox. Um, I think you, people have to do some digging. I think they have to kind of go back to looking at who's really supporting your brand, who your audience is, where you want to be, um, and do the research. Don't be afraid to put on that investigative reporter cap and reach out to people. I think it's such a lost art and not everybody is willing to take your phone call. I, I, in fact, when I call people, they're like, what? Who, who are calling me? Um, I feel like a dinosaur reaching out sometimes, but, um, you know, I've spoken with a lot of editors at magazines and some people will say, definitely message me through Instagram, definitely, or don't message me through Instagram, contact me through email, but they say, send me a message. Like, don't be afraid to reach out right now. Everyone is really searching for content. Mm -hmm. Um, especially during quarantine. And it might be that everyone's really interested in COVID and masks, but, you know, there's going to be a time where we got to move on to something else. So yeah. make, make sure it's relevant and make sure it's, it is timely, um, but get creative with your spin, get creative mm -hmm. with how you're going to promote your business and promote yourself and, um, and don't be afraid to reach out. Definitely. And it sounds like, so when you're in Wellington um, for the shows, are you selling, do you have like a little pop-up or a little store then um, down there that you're selling to people, customers? I've been relying on other vendors um, okay. relationships simply because um, my daughter shows and I like to be like full on. Present, yeah. And then I've been um, kind of entertaining showing myself, <laughs> oh. um, but we'll see. And, um, but I don't know, we're going to, we're, we're going to be, um, exploring some new options. And so there may be a show out West in California that we are going to, uh, be selling at, Okay. So, you know, we're, we're growing and we're excited about the growth. I'm excited about the growth. Um, as long as I can do both, uh, be a mom and a horse show mom and, you know, there's only, there's only so many hours in the day, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, when do I sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. So yeah. who's your dream customer? If I always ask people, um, if you could pick anyone like dead or alive or celebrity, or maybe it's a famous equestrian, like who's your dream customer that you wish would, um, carry your product? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> and we are, we're all over the place. You know, I think somebody who I have like long admired, um, and it's like a toss up. It's like Aaron Lauder or like Martha Stewart. <laughs> Martha Stewart's a good one. I haven't had that one before. You know, Normally people say um, Reese Witherspoon. So I'm impressed that you switched it up. <laughs> Martha's so organized. And if mm -hmm. she said my clutch was like the answer to her organization, I would, I just don't even know what I would do. And Erin <laughs> is just so stylish. So, yeah. you know, either would be happy. I love it. Um, so what does preppy mean to you? We kind of touched on this at the beginning, but how would you describe preppy in, you know, one sentence? I would say, um, I, you know, put together mm -hmm. effortlessly 
put together, but again with a maybe an eclectic twist. Okay. I like that. You know, I love the I love the play on patterns with with preppy. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's something that stands out in my mind, you know, the textures and the fabrics that people don't necessarily um combine. Um and, and and you know, somebody could be in like all like say winter white, but say, you know, they're in a knobby sweater and like maybe it's Florida and so they have a heavy linen pant and then like another texture on their shoe and then like a metallic bag and you know, it's just so it would be like classic, not too much, not you know, just enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, in summer, maybe it's something different and it's that fun little touch of plaid or, you know, um, your classic bag too. It it can't be overdone. It's just this fine balance, I think. Definitely. And I love your point about the pattern. I think patterns play so much into, you know, preppy style. So that's a good answer. So this might be hard. It's like picking your favorite child, I always say, but what's your favorite piece on your website right now? Oh, that's interesting. Well, right now I would still say it's the essential clutch and me because I have a new favorite, uh, addition. We are running a special, um, and it was kind of like Christmas in July, but now I'm saying summer Santa. And so our essential clutch is stocked with, um, free products from NARS makeup. Oh my gosh. Um, and so it's a full size lipstick and a travel size, um, eyeliner and a travel size mascara. And the makeup artist at NARS Atlanta kindly um, curated this fun present. Um, So if you are an early shopper like myself, it might benefit you to grab one or just grab one for yourself. It's such a lovely gift. And anybody who has been living through this pandemic definitely deserves to treat themselves. I love that. And that sounds like the perfect little combo there with your lipstick and your NARS products all in the clutch. That's a great deal. Everyone needs to check it out. (laughs) So what's next? Can you give us like a little sneak peek of, you know, something you have on the horizon, either where you're going to be selling or maybe a new product that you might be offering soon or um, anything else? Yes. I'm so glad that you asked. We have lots of fun things coming out of William Grace. So we have cashmere on the way and we're going to be rolling out just some really light pieces. You know, in Atlanta, it's still a little warm Mm -hmm. or some other um, places. So we have a beautiful um, lightweight cardigan um, and a lightweight hoodie and then a lovely sweater. I don't want to give too many details about it because I'm really excited with some of the, um, some of the characteristics of it. Um, and we're going to have some holiday scarves really fall and, um, leading up to the holidays, we're going to be doing, um, some new scented candles for fall and the holidays as well. And I'm actually working on a bath and body line. So I don't know when that's going to come out. That is a bigger project than I thought. Okay. (laughs) A whole nother realm, right? A whole nother realm, but you know, it's, it's really fun. So we, you know, we're just taking a stab at it because, um, I think self-care and the self-pampering is really important. And, um, you know, we're all, we're all sanitizing our hands and we're all washing our hands and, you know, we just want to, we want to contribute in that arena, pun intended. 
I love that. All right. So final question, where can people find you? Let us know, you know, your website, your Instagram, all of that good stuff. Yes. William Grace USA, Facebook or Instagram at William Grace USA. And then our website is www.william-grace.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Carrie. Yes, Patricia, it was lovely chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the follow and the attention and the love. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.